أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله we reached this mubarak 13th night of Ramadan الحمد لله ما شاء الله الله تعالى جيبه استوفيق passing the halfway mark in the Recitation of the Quran and Taraweeh. It's a, mashallah, a great blessing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala vouchsafed for us that we could finish this first half. Uh, also, uh, give us the tawfiq to finish the second half and like that the rest of our lives. I mean. So we uh, then continue now to the, the, the next archetype and the next uh, uh, model for suluk, the seventh in the series that we were talking about, uh, which is the. Uh, the archetype that uh, the Shaykh refers to as the Hakimis. He says they are the followers of Abu Abdullah Muhammad bin Ali al-Hakim al-Tirmidhi, uh, who was one of the Imams of Deen in his time and an author on uh, m- many works on every branch of exoteric and esoteric sciences. And so al-Hakim al-Tirmidhi is obviously, like we mentioned from before, not the Abu Isa, the, the Muhaddith, um, I had the, the honor of about a year ago visiting uh, Tirmiz Sharif, uh, mashallah. And what happened was our plan was that we were going to f- fly to Tirmiz in the morning and then take a flight back in the evening. And because the airport is closer to the city than it is to the Mazar of Imam Tirmizi. So we said we'll go visit Imam Tirmizi, then we'll go to the city, visit Hakim Tirmizi and, and like maybe have some kebab or whatever, which is excellent. In Central Asia, always, and uh, then we'll fly back. And while we were visiting uh, Imam Tirmizi, the f- flight back was canceled. And the excuse we were given was that some diplomat, some diplomatic, like whatever attachment from Moscow had to come, and so they took the f- the plane from Tirmiz to to Moscow, and that was it. So we actually had to from the Mazar of Imam Tirmizi, which is in the direction of Tashkent, because we had a tour group that was going to come. And we had to receive them from the airport. So we basically had to hire a private diver and go. So we couldn't go and visit Hakim Tirmizi. But if anyone goes over there, Hakim Tirmizi's Mazar is by the city. It's on the Amu Darya. It overlooks the border with Afghanistan. You can like literally see the Mazar Sharif on the other side. And uh, uh, um, we were obviously not able to uh, cross that short geographical distance. May Allah Ta'ala bring aman and aman to the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so that these, you know, these uh, kind of artificial barriers that have been put up, they they come down. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, yeah, if anyone wants to visit the Hakim Tirmizi's Mazar is close to the, close is in the city and it overlooks the Amu Darya, which in that place is the border between Afghanistan and Uzbekistan. And uh, uh, Imam Tirmizi, uh, the Muhaddith Abu Isa, his mazar is in a village called Shirabad, which is a little bit north of, it's a little bit north, and it's a little bit of a drive, like half an hour drive north of the, uh, of the airport, or maybe a little bit more than that. So uh, we continue. He says, the followers of Abu Abdullah Muhammad bin Ali al-Hakim al-Tirmidhi, uh, who was one of the leaders of deen in his time. People have some issues with some of his ilmi uh, positions, but we're not going to talk about those right now. Uh, we're going to talk about his his uh, model for suluk. His doctrine was based on saintship, on wilaya, 
literally the friendship of Allah Ta'ala. Wilaya is interesting because it's one of those things, right? Allah Ta'ala is the wali of the, those who believe, and then the people who believe are the awliya of Allah. So it's the same, it's the same word that denotes both sides of what is a hierarchical relationship. Allah is the wali of the believers, and the believers are the awliya of Allah, but not in the same way. It's a hierarchical relationship. This is an interesting word that's like that, that both opposites are referred to by the same word. This is one thing stupid Desi people who, like, I'm, I'm not talking about all Desi people are stupid. But no, Desi people also happen to be stupid. And there's a particular class of stupid Desi people. Desi people who happen to be stupid, not that all. Many Desi people are very intelligent, good, pious, upright people. But there's an interesting cast of stupid Desi people, which we refer to in Urdu as Pare Likhe Anpar. People who are educated ignoramuses. Okay, so one of the things that educated ignoramuses will often say, they say, This is shirk, you call your scholars Molana, stuff for Allah. Anta Molana, Fansuna, as he says in the Quran, Allah is the only Molana. I'm like, Yar. Allah ta'ala help us all. This is a type of stupidity. If anyone knew Arabic, they would know that Mola both means the master and it also means the slave. And Wali has the same, the same root. And so it's used in both, in both uh, antonyms, the two words of opposite, complementary, opposite meanings. It's used for both of them. So at any rate, the doctrine is that this is the, the relationship that the, the, the Abd has with the Rabb, Tabarak wa Ta'ala. It's called Wilaya. Uh, and he used this to explain the true nature of, uh, of, of, of wilaya and the degrees of the awliya and the observance of the proper arrangements of their ranks. Uh, at the first step toward understanding uh, his doctrine, you must know that Allah Ta'ala has awliya, who he has chosen out of mankind, and uh, whose thoughts he has withdrawn from worldly ties and delivered from sensual temptations. And he has stationed each of them uh, in a particular degree and has opened unto them the doors of these mysteries. Much, much might be uh, said on this topic, but I must briefly set several points uh, uh, first of capital importance. So before, before uh, continuing with his points of capital importance, I have to mention a couple of points before that of capital importance, <laughs> which is first that wilaya as a point of aqidah, you guys have read the tahawiyah, if you haven't, you should. Uh, you can listen to it online for free if you you know are too uh, are not able to make it to Dars inshallah um, in person, which is where all the barakah is at. But al mu'minuna kulluhum awliya' rahman. The nasl of the tahawiyah. Al mu'minuna kulluhum awliya' rahman, and uh, uh, the 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 uh, uh, the ones that have the highest or the highest degree of wilaya are uh, 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 the ones who are atqahum atba'uhum lil quran the ones who are uh, uh, have the most taqwa that fear allah the most and that follow uh, the commandment of the quran the closest and then tahawi also then defines who is a mu'min wa nusammi ahla qiblatina mu'minina muslimina the ahlul qibla anyone who meets any bare minimum definition of being a muslim even if they're a drunkard, even if they're a sinner, wa in zanaw in saraka. Right, the hadith of the Prophet wasallam that everybody will go to Jannah says la ilaha. Sayyidina Abu Dhar al-Ghifari, hardcore saluk, mashallah, like to, you know, Salik, like died in the wool. 
And he's like, even if they commit zina, even if they, they fornicate, and even if they steal, the Rasulullah said, even if they fornicate, even if they steal. So in Zana and Saraqa, second time he said the same thing, second time he get the same answer, third time he said the same thing, third time he got the same answer, he said, in Zana and Saraqa, in ala rahmi anfi abidhar, or kama qala alayhi salatu wasalam, that if, even if he commits fornication, even if he steals, and even if Abu Dhar really doesn't like it. <laughs> so this is, and someone says, well, how does this have to do with what we're reading about? Because civilizationally, like it's folklore in our civilization, the word, like the awliya is like, like it means like somebody who like flies in the air and sees dreams about the future and like uh, uh, you know like shoots uh, light nur out of their fingertips and like you know uh, you know smells like uh, you know a perfume when they open the cuff of the, the palm of their hand and things like that right and it has been all of those things at some point or another but that's not those are all like ancillary things those are all like the like the the, the box of the cake the actual cake is what is that a person is, has iman. Everybody who has iman is a wali, and in that sense, even this, this, this paragraph that he just mentioned right now, he says that as the first step toward understanding this doctrine, you must know that God has awliya, who he has chosen out from mankind, whose thoughts he has withdrawn from worldly tithes and delivered from sensual temptation, and he has stationed each of them in a particular degree and opened upon them these mysteries. This applies to every believer. It even applies to the drunkard and the fornicator who has iman inside of their hearts, in as much as they're the ones who can see that there's no God except for Allah, and there's enough himma inside of them to at least believe. Maybe some of them don't even say it. Hukman, they may not even be Muslims. But at least they have enough himma inside of them to at least believe it inside their heart, in some degree or another. This is a mystery, it's been opened up for them, the rest of them kala'an'am. The rest of them are like livestock, they eat and drink. They say, you know, like, they, 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 they say, Rahman. Who, who is this Rahman you talk about? And they're literally blind to it, they're entire like nations of the earth in, in which, like, illa masha'Allah, every single person, like if you talk to them about the concept of God, they're like, what in the world is going on? What does this have to do with anything? Like, it's not even that, that they're atheists. Like, they'll be like, I, they, I can understand that some sort of like weird river elf, like if I bow to it and burn incense and like sacrifice like a pack of cigarettes to it, that it'll give me luck. But this, this God thing you're talking about, abstract and like, you know, like they're completely blind to it. It's a mystery Allah Ta'ala opened up in every one of your hearts and in my heart as well. The problem is what? Very few people realize the qadr, the ni'mah of this realization inside of them. If they do, they would value it a little bit more. This is also a daraja of wilaya. So in that sense, in that sense, just like I say to our, uh, our, our oftentimes insufferably loud-mouthed brothers, who are still our brothers, but insufferable at times, uh, from the Hizb al-Tahrir who talk about Khilafah, Khilafah. Chalo, Allah Ta'ala said, inni ja'ilun fil ardi khalifa. The Khilafah is there. Now this is your Khilafah, go fix it. Stop sloganing and go fix it. It's there, you got it. Alhamdulillah, you're Khalifa now. Go do something about it. This is also the thing, Chalo, you guys wanted it, you guys came to, uh, you know, Taraweeh, uh, and nobody left after eight, right? Because you want to be awliya of Allah, you're a wali of Allah Ta'ala, now start acting like it. Because Allah opened up, just like Kashul Mahjuba, wah. Who would have thought? You know, it's all, the book of Don't Try This At Home, it certified you as some sort of divine mystery opened up in your heart. Now you have it. Now you have to make shukr to Allah Ta'ala for that and like, you know, kind of try to not, Allah Ta'ala give us all tawfiq, we should try to not screw it up. And, uh, you know, the more, the more I think about it, the more we just need to ask Allah Ta'ala for His help. So he says, discourse on 
the affirmation of wilayat. When you know, this is another one thing I wanted to say before this discourse. I remember I was talking to somebody who, uh, uh, he was uh, one of our, again, one of our brothers. They are brothers. We love them. Uh, uh, that happened to follow uh, 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 an approach to the Sharia that uh, I don't really disagree, I don't really find much to agree with. Uh, one of our Salafi brothers. So he was talking about one of his sheikhs, and he says, uh, he says to me, he says, you know, he, this sheikh of mine, he was what you guys would call like a wali of Allah. I'm like, what are you talking about? What you guys would call a wali of Allah? Allah is Sahih Bukhari man adali wali. That's, you know, so this is not like some tall tales or whatever, you know? People treat these things. These are genuine parts of deen. Do some people abuse them? Yeah, sure, absolutely. There's some guy right now, for 1995, he's like the greatest of the saints, and he'll make du'a for you, and you don't have to. He'll like you know, you don't have to pray for the next 20 years because of his du'a or whatever. Right? You go straight to Jannah for easy pay, for easy payments at 29.95. <laughs> if you call now, they'll cut it down to three. <laughs> so yeah, obviously people when they see that again and again and again, it becomes kind of a joke to them, right? So we're not talking about that. But this is actually a part of the deen. And the fact that there are some fakers out there, you know, if red touches yellow, you're a dead fellow, red touches black. This is something even animals do this, you know, like they, they fake like the one animal fakes like it's the other. And this, these things happen, right? You have to, it doesn't mean just because all of them are fakers that one of them is not going to kill you when you touch it. So just be careful. There are a lot of fakers out there, but be careful. Sometimes it's the real thing and you don't want to run afoul of that system. Discourse on the affirmation of wilayat, you must know that the principle and foundation of tasawwuf and the knowledge of God rests on wilayat. And the reality of which is unanimously affirmed by all sheikhs, though everyone has expressed himself in a different uh, idiom. The peculiarity of Muhammad bin Ali al-Hakim lies in the fact that he applied uh, this term to the complete theory of tasawwuf. Wilayat etymologically means the power to dispose, tasarruf. And uh, wilayat means possession of command, imarat, leadership. Uh, wilayat also, like wali is like it's a word for governor uh, as well, right? Wilayat also means lordship, rububiyat. Hence God has said, uh, uh, um, in, in this case, the lordship belongs to Allah who is uh, the truth. Hunarika al-wilayatu lillahi al-haq. Uh, because the unbelievers seek his protection and turn to him, uh, 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 and turn unto him and renounce their idols. And wilayat uh, also means uh, love, mahabbat. Uh, wali may be uh, the form of fa'il with the meaning of maf'ul. Like we said from before, it can mean either either the 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 upper the the upper uh, of the hierarchical relation or the lower. God has said, and He takes charge. Right? The words of the uh, uh, book of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. They're powerful words. There's a lot of there's there's a lot of power in them. A person repeats them. There are a lot of there's a lot of mystery in them, and there's a lot of madad wrapped up in them for the person who understands how to uh, say them and benefit from them. He says, and he takes charge. Uh, say, indeed, my wali is Allah, and he uh, takes charge. He makes tawalli, he makes awliya of the righteous. For God does not leave his servant to his own actions and attributes, but keeps him under his protection. 
And wali may be the form of fa'il, uh, equivalent to fa'il, uh, the active participle with intensive force because a man takes cares, tawalli kunad, to obey God and constantly fulfill the obligation that he owes him. Uh, thus, wali in the active meaning is the one who desires, the murid. Uh, while in the passive meanings, it, meaning it denotes the one who is the object of God's desire, the murad. So these can both be... They're both meanings for the slave. How is a slave a wali of Allah? He's the one who desires Allah Ta'ala and he's the one who is desired by Allah. All of these meanings, whether they signify the relation of God to man or man to God, are allowable for God, may, the, may be the protector of his friends and as much as he promised his protection to the companions of the Apostle Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and declared that the unbelievers had no protection. Uh, and moreover, he may distinguish them in an exclusive way by his friendship. Uh, as he has said, he loves them and they love him. And so that they turn away from the favor of mankind. Uh, he is their friend, their wali, and they are his friends, awliya. And he may confer on one a friendship, wilayat, that enables him to persevere in obedience to him and keeps him free from sin. And on another, a friendship, a wilayat, that empowers him to loosen and bind meaning to make things happen in the creation and makes his prayers answered and his aspirations effectual. A person might say, well, you know, like, why, like, what is the, is the point of me being Allah's wali so I can do what I want? The answer to these things, like all other questions with regards to predestination and free will, they're wrapped up in a divine mystery. Allah Ta'ala ma tasha'una illa insha'Allah you don't desire something suffer that you want it the person who taps into the well of the secret then what they want is going to be what Allah wants and Allah wants that thing and Allah Ta'ala brought you to want that thing because that's the way that he wants that thing and that's the the roadmap of how this thing is going to be affected according to his divine will in as much as the instrument of higher things is higher than the instrument of lower things just like a plunger is a tool that you unclog a toilet with. And perhaps like a Rolex is a, a really fine tool that a person tells you, the king will tell his the time with. Both of them are tools. Both of them, it's they're used by the, the, the user in order to get the, uh, uh, to get the whatever de- they desire out of it. But Allah Ta'ala will use such a person in order to prosecute his command. It's not like we believe that this person now all of a sudden becomes a god with Allah Ta'ala, which seems to be a misunderstanding. Some people have both uh, misguided advocates of the doctrine and misguided people who have misunderstood the doctrine uh, alike. The Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam says there is many a one uh, with dirty hair, uh, dust stained, clad in two garments, whom uh, men never take heed. But if he were to swear by God, God would verify his oath. Meaning, God, Allah, if they swore an oath, Allah would take it upon Himself to make sure that that oath came true. It is well known that in the Khilafah of Umar bin Khattab عنه, the Nile in accordance to its usual habit ceased to flow. For in the time of paganism they used to annually, annually adorn a maiden and throw her into the river to make it flow again. Right? Oh, mashallah, all the Wiccan goddess people, this is your, mashallah, girl power, you go girl. Uh, uh, they used to throw, uh, adorn a maiden and throw her into the river to make it flow again. Umar who therefore uh, wrote on a piece of paper, O river, if you have stopped of your own will, you do wrong. And if by the command of God, then Umar commands you to flow. When this paper was thrown in, the Nile uh, resumed its annual flood.
This was a, a miracle that happened in the, shortly after the fath of the companions of the Allah on whom that the annual flood was delayed. And the Sta'wiz was written, dictated at the command of Sayyidina Umar and thrown into the river and it flooded again. This is what we mean by tasarruf. One very fun fact, actually cultural, not an ilmi thing at all, but just my like humzi and like observance, you know, just like kind of like looking at some, some smart people and some less smart people and how they interact with each other. For whatever reason, if you say the miracles of anybody, our Salafi brothers will say it's shirk. But if you say the miracles of Sayyidina Umar, they're like, yeah, amazing. They'll accept it. It's like, it doesn't even occur to them that this is somehow, you know? So that's the maqam of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu He's what, what people like you would call a wali of Allah. <laughs> radiallahu ta'ala anhu. My purpose in discussing wilayat and affirming its reality is to show you that the name of the wali is properly applied to those who have the above-mentioned qualities um, uh, uh, are, uh, that are actually present in hal and not merely reputed qal. That they actually do it. They don't, they don't, it's just not empty talk. Certain sheikhs formerly composed books on this subject, but they became rare and soon disappeared. Now I will commend to you the explanation given uh, by uh, that venerable spiritual director who is the author of the doctrine, uh, meaning Hakim Tirmidhi, for my own belief in it is greater in order that uh, much instruction may be gained not only by yourself but also by every seeker of tasawwuf who may have the good fortune of reading this book. So inshallah we'll continue with this uh, uh, tomorrow. Sallallahu ta'ala Rasulullah Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.